0: word from the Lord as you remain standing as we prepare to read the text that God has given us for today. The series that God gave us for this summer of 2018 is entitled The Harvest. And I I realized something, Pastor Bradley. uh, A few days ago, the state newspaper started a wonderful series of articles uh, digital, they started it earlier in the week. It was in the papers yesterday, today. An article will appear tomorrow. And it's entitled, Losing Faith, Why South Carolina is Abandoning Its Churches. And the article follows a national trend in looking why there are so many people who don't worship God like we used to. They don't according to the article, go to church like they used to. I thought about that and I said that's contrary almost to what Jesus said when he declared the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. I thought about that this morning at eight. God bless us in such a way. And we did something we rarely do for the internet audience. Because Whenever there is a negative commentary, it ought to be confronted and it ought to be rebuked with the opposite, which is positive. Amen. So there may be in the devil's mind some people who've given up their faith, but there are a whole lot more who have not. And so I want the cameras to pan the audience. we did this this morning and there were 1500 plus people here this morning and the reason why that's important, not about Bible way because that's not important it's about the kingdom and allow me to say this before we get into the word the problem when there are scarce resources in the minds of people Charles Darwin said this So grateful to my uncle Joe, who made sure that Chip and I studied uh, philosophy and philosophers. Charles Darwin said something that is so true. He says, "Whenever resources are scarce, people will cannibalize each other." And here's where the challenge is for the church: if the churches feel like there are fewer people that want to worship then they begin to cannibalize those that do. And the Lord said, that's exactly what I don't want you to do. Because we don't expand the kingdom when you leave another church to come the Bible way. We expand the kingdom when you leave the world to go to any church. Amen. Because church swapping it proselyting is not what God says because only the enemy wins minister Jeff when that happens but if the harvest is plentiful the problem is are you willing to put forth the effort to go after the harvest and with that in mind we invite you to the text for today which falls right into place Thank you, State Newspaper, for timing it so perfectly with this series. The gospel that has been recorded by St. John, chapter 4, verses 7 through verse 10, the New Living Translation, is a powerful story of Jesus Christ and his pr- perspective, his belief on how do you win the harvest, For the kingdom. Allow me to begin reading at verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew, listen to this, the gift God has for you. <laughs> If you only knew what God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And those that love God's word said amen. Catch someone by the hand. The series all summer is entitled The Harvest. But here's the message for today. This is why it's so perfect with what has been out in the media today. God has given us an antidote. God has given us the answer uh, to combat anything the world thinks is going on as it relates to those that are losing their faith. Look at someone and say, A conversation with a stranger. I look behind you and say, You ought to talk to somebody. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. A conversation with a stranger. I told you at the beginning of this series that it is more teaching than preaching. Less hollering, more hearing what God has to say to all of us. Listen to this. On last week, sermon number seven. We talked about the importance of interacting with those who others may consider to be untouchables. We talked about how Jesus himself went out and purposely, and hear this because it ties to this message, touch the leper. Today, our assignment is somewhat different, but within the same framework. Today, we would like to discuss the value of conversing, talking, interacting with those who we perhaps do not know very well. To those who perhaps we don't always agree with what they are doing. But we sense, this is the key, that there is a void. In their lives that can only be filled by having a personal relationship with the Lord. Not judgmental, not condemning them or sending them anywhere. You sense by, by what they're going through, by what they're saying and doing, that there is an emptiness in their life. And will never be fulfilled with a new house, a new car, a new social club, joining a fraternity or sorority, joining the community organization. It cannot be filled with anything other than a personal relationship with the Lord. Can I preach? People have sought all kinds of ways to fill the voids in their life but have always come back to the same realization as the old folks say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Listen, this is important. A conversation. Help me, somebody say a conversation. I don't want you to miss this. A conversation is not a lecture. A conversation is not a debate. A conversation is not a sermon in this social media age where everyone can express their opinion and you can lecture anybody, you can rebuke anybody, you can put anything you want out there in the atmosphere. A conversation is not you imposing your beliefs on somebody else. It is not you arguing with somebody thinking that the veracity and the intensity of your dialogue will convince them to change their ways. And to all of my preachers and wannabe preachers and everybody who think there's an anointing on their life to preach, perhaps you ought to have a conversation before you try to give a sermon. Because folk will listen to your conversation, perhaps more so than hear your sermon. There is an ancient quote that simply says, and I quote, the art of conversation is the art of hearing as well as being heard. A conversation involves speaking and listening. I don't know about you, but I've gotten to the point right now where it's hard to get a word in with some folk, if you're having a conversation, because folk will bend your ears for 15 minutes and then they'll look at you and say, what you got to say? I'm tired of hearing you. It's all about their opinion and they will hammer you and lecture you and talk to you, but if you are ever gonna be involved in a conversation, you're gonna have to listen as well as hear. You're gonna have to respect The idea that somebody may have an opposing view to you and it doesn't make them inferior or unholy or unrighteous just because they don't agree with you. Maybe they've not been exposed to what you've been exposed to. I'm preaching hard already. Listen, I am convinced that the world would be much better off if we had more conversations and less confrontations. You got folk that are ready to fight but not talk. You've got folk that are ready to defend their positions emotionally and even physically if it come to it. Question is, are you willing to sit down with a humble spirit, look somebody in their eyes and have a Convo- a caring conversation with them. Uh, sometimes, oftentimes, lies are transformed with just one conversation. Ooh. With one somebody showing you, caring for you, talking to you, not at you. Preach Pastor Jackson. Talking with you, not about you. But you've got a whole lot of folk that'll talk about you, but the question is, will you talk with me? Will you share with me? If you want to win somebody to the kingdom, you can't do it talking about them. You do it with love, and you do it with a conversation. In fact, if we as believers, we were willing to converse more with those that we're not so familiar with, with perhaps those that we do not believe as they believe, then I sincerely believe that there will be a mighty harvest for the kingdom if we're willing to just sit down and have a conversation. When was the last time you talked to somebody in your family as opposed to talking to them? When was the last time your conversation as relates to somebody being saved was not judgmental, pointing a finger that you need to, I'm disappointed in you, then sitting down and telling them how good God has been to you. For I am convinced that you win folk by telling them what they're missing, not making them feel bad because you are to a place where they're not. We are living in an age where folk are hungry for genuine conversations genuine relationship folk have been hurt and abused and lied on and lied to and disappointed so many times that there are folk that are ready to give up on anything and anybody but i declare on this day in 2018 the second sunday in august that god is good and the devil is a liar there's some good that can come out of you i don't care who you are and where you have been and what you have done. Is there anybody in here that know that your life is a living testimony that God can transform junk into a treasure? God can take what other folk write off, and God can make you somebody. But we've got to be willing to share it. We've got to be willing to tell the story, not judgmentally, but simply... Tell the story about the goodness of the Lord. Listen, as we transition to the text, let us examine this wonderful example of the transformational power of just one conversation. I need to preach this. Go with me with this. In our text, and I, and I want to take my time to share this, in our text we find Jesus engaged in a deep emotional conversation with someone who was a stranger. With a woman who, yes, had many issues. A woman who had a somewhat questionable reputation. A woman that nobody else would even talk to. We find Jesus engaged in a personal conversation with somebody about their life and about their faith. Notice he wasn't judgmental. He knew her story and her situation. The setting for this conversation occurs in a village in Samaria at a place called Jacob's Well. This is so significant because Samaria was a place considered by most Jews at that time, not even worthy of their presence and its people, the Samaritans, according to the Jews of that day, they were not even worthy of their attention. Uh, They would go out of their way. In fact, according To the renowned first century historian by the name of Josephus, he writes that most Jews at the time went out of their way to avoid any kind of contact, interaction, or association with the so-called, quote, despised Samaritans. Why did the Jews hate them so much? Because the Jews considered them uh, to be the product of their enemy's blood. These were their brothers who were invaded by the enemies of the Old Testament, and they produced children and offsprings, and they looked at them as the despised Samaritans. We don't want anything to do with you. You don't worship like we worship. You're not as holy as we are. You're not righteous. Like we are. We've got to be aware of sanctimonious, self-righteous, judgmental people who think they're the only one going to heaven. I'm here to tell you the Bible the way, is not only not the best church, it's not the only church. And we are like anybody else, just trying to make it. And it doesn't matter who you are. You're no greater than anybody else. You are a but God testimony. And if God had not had the mercy to transform your life, some of us would still be messed up and jacked up. May I preach this? Look at somebody and say, I'm a but God testimony. There's a story behind every praise that I have. And in fact, I haven't always been like this. How many of you know you haven't always looked, dressed, been like that? You haven't always showed up on a Sunday morning to worship God. Some of you are not too far removed from the butter, from the weed, from the, from the joint, from, from the pipe, from the needle, from walking the streets. Uh, but God! never gave up on you if god can do it for you he can do it for anyone look at the text verse 4 in the text says indicates to us that jesus did not adhere to this foolish tradition of avoiding the samaritans Verse 4, the living translation says, now he had to go through Samaria. King James says, he said, now we must go through Samaria. Why would Jesus says where everybody else went around the problem, Jesus went to the problem? I want you to know that Jesus did not stumble up in Samaria. He did not get lost and ended up in a place he didn't want to be. Jesus went to Samaria. Jesus went there because he knew there was a woman there that needed his attention. Can I preach to you? You're saved not because you found Jesus, but Jesus found you in the alleyways, in the cuts, behind the buildings, in the clubs, high. Barely can get up on Sunday morning. But God found you in where you were and never gave up on you. Some of you had no relationship with God. And you didn't have the capacity to come to God. But he found you. May I preach this? Ah, he came to a whole lot of places. I told the church this morning he came to some cuts, some lanes there's some roads in our community that God found us Sugar Hill Lane, Blueberry Hill God found us in the cut God found you in the Yamasee and all kind of places like St. Stephen's oh can I preach to somebody God found you up in the cut on the sea islands God found you where nobody else thought you could be worthy of anything but when God gets ready to save you, God Finds you on purpose. <laughs> Elder Gloria Joe Fraser Court. Lover's Lane. How many of you? All of us got a place. Come on. In all of our communities, we got places where God found us. Places where all the uppity the, and the, the folk did not really want to go. Where, where folk wrote you off. But God. Look at you, Elder Sarah Franklin. God found you, equipped you, anointed you, made you somebody. And now you can lift your hands and say, to God be the glory. And if God can do it for you, God can go. Somebody say, but God. Jesus shows up. May I preach this? At a time and at a place where he would find this woman by herself. Most of the women in the village went to this well to draw water early in the mornings, in the evenings, and while they were there, they would socialize with each other. This was a gathering place. <laughs> this was the place where the villagers said Sidkar in Samaria uh, gathered and they caught up the women's club. This is where they hung out. This is where all the pretty folk, are, all the right folk, folk hung out, they had things going, and they would talk about their successes. My husband is doing so well. My family is doing so well. We are so blessed. Boo-boo and she-she and she-shane. I told the church earlier this morning, I got it wrong. That's the wrong kind of neighborhood. Alexandra, <laughs> and, and, and somebody else showed up, and they all talked about how great they were. But there was one woman that nobody wanted anything to do with. And and she had sense enough to know I can't come early or late because when I do they roll their eyes at me because I've been married five times and the one I'm living with now is not even my husband and they look, they wouldn't even invite me to be in the club they don't even think too much of me so I'll go by myself although I'm hurt and I've been so wounded by people And before they judge me, they ought to at least know my story. If they knew what these five husbands did to me, then they would understand why I had to get up out of there. I've got the scars to prove it. I've been abused by so many men and people. So I go by myself because I know if I go at noon, it's hot and nobody is there and there's nobody to talk to. But what she did not know was that there was a man waiting on her when she showed up. I wish I had a witness. How many of you know that when you showed up in your situation, uh, there was somebody named Jesus waiting on you? She was about to have a conversation that would change her life forever. Perhaps for the first time ever, she would have a personal encounter with a man who was not trying to abuse or use her. He didn't want anything from her. He just wanted to bless her. How many of you know there's somebody named Jesus that wants
1: to bless you? Touch somebody and say, get ready for your blessing. Listen to the text.
0: Listen to the text. Verse 7 of the text says, As soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now this is the part, Sister Sal, I like. He was alone on purpose or the Jennifer. He was alone because he sent all the judgmental disciples like Peter and John in the village because he knew that they couldn't handle him talking to a woman like this. How many of you know that when God gets ready to bless you
1: he doesn't need the approval of all the Holy Ghost sanctimonious judgmental folk. God knows where to find you and how to get to you. Preach Pastor Jackson.
0: she was surprised according to verse number nine For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans and she said to him you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman, why are you even asking me anything why would you even talk to me but what she didn't know was that God had something for her with her name on it Jesus says, I've got something for you. Uh, If you knew who it was that was speaking to you, I would give you living water. She said, but sir, how is that possible? You don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope the well is deep, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than Jacob? And Jesus said, just hold on for a minute. I know you're talking about H2O, but I'm talking about something that's greater than that. Because when you drank your water, you were thirst again. But those that drank the water that I would give you will never thirst again. This woman was about to
1: draw something that all the upper Sedini women would never get. They may have got a bucket full of H2O too old, but she's getting ready to get the water that will change her life forever. Somebody ought to pause. Help me give God a 20 second praise. Well, all my praises, somebody ought to stand to your feet and say, Lord, I Thank you. Good God Almighty. Woo! I love this text.
0: I love this text. Mac, I can hear the date, the late Dr. William Larkin uh, from the seminary at CIU. And Jonathan, I hope you get a chance to experience this one day, who preached this text and took his time and says, did she realize the blessing she was already talking to it? and sometimes we're looking for the blessing
1: and the blessing is already there can i preach i I just need a few handful of folk and say do you know who's sitting next to you right now not pastor cup not deacon Dalton, not deacon Glover, not elder wilson but jesus himself
0: Verse 14, can I preach? I only need about 15 more minutes. I feel something up in here. Somebody shout living water. Somebody shout something is about to bubble outside of your presence. Water in the inside. But those who drink the water, I give, Jesus says, will never be thirsty again. In other words, woman, your problem and the reason you've had five husbands and working on number six is that you're thirsty. Can I preach this? Look at somebody and say, your problem is. And y'all don't judge nobody because I don't know your business. I don't even want to know your business. But look at somebody and say, your problem is, you're thirsty. And the thirst you got, Mountain Dew can't quench. Pepsi Cola can't quench. A cold brew can't quench. See, I I don't don't know what the name of liquor is because I never was a drinker but scotch or vodka whatever it is can't quench I feel like preaching but I promise the Lord I wouldn't get too excited today mother but look at your neighbor one more time and say your problem is you've been trying to quench your thirst with all the wrong things Another man in your life is not the answer. Another woman in your life is not the answer. Another job is not the answer. Another church is not the answer. Another friend is not the answer. The answer
1: is J-E-S-U. Jesus can't nobody hit me up turn me around what's his name what's his y'all excuse me I remember how I used to sit wow looking for all the wrong things until I met Jesus come on church look at somebody and say get right He's about to fill you up! Fill me up! Let it overflow. Help me preach this
0: Cross the aisles and Touch somebody, say neighbor appreciate you but I don't need your validation I don't need your approval as long as I've got Jesus
1: everything
0: is going to be alright hold on trying to get to the best part woman I'm about to give you something. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them,
1: giving them eternal life. Now here's the difference between still water and bubbling water. Bubbling water is always fresh. It always stir up, touch somebody, say neighbor. Later in the midnight hour, Something in the inside of me. Allow me to make it.
0: Can you make it? I gotta move on. So she enters into, I'm trying to do this because we've got a special service on Tuesday night. So she enters into this dialogue with Jesus what this text tells you, and I want all my Sunday school students to go home and read it. This woman was a theologian. And the cute women didn't even know it. <laughs> For she knew about Jacob. She knew about worshiping in Jerusalem. She, she knew about the history of the Old Testament. She even knew where God says they should worship. And Jesus says, I see the pearl in you that have been hidden by the hurt in you somebody catching the mark because sometimes people can't see the pearl in you because the hurt has covered it up you've been so hurt that the real
1: you can't come out
0: so she says to him I know where we should worship. The father of this mountain in Jerusalem. Jesus says to her in verse 23, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here right now where true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For here's this famous, profound, prophetic verse. For God is a spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him in verse 25, I know the Messiah is coming. Listen to this. I, I know something. This woman was deep. She was more than just a scorned woman. See, you look at folk and you judge them by their reputation. And you really don't know who they are. Just because folk been through something don't mean they don't know something. May I preach this? Woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who's called the Christ. When he comes, he would explain everything. And Jesus says something to her, to this point he had not said to anybody in the Gospels. Woo! My dear cousin Jimmy Henry, Jesus waited to say to a scorned woman a revelation that even the prophets and the priests never got. Jesus says, woman, I'm going to tell you something that nobody has heard come out of my mouth before, but I am the Messiah. Don't tell me God
1: can use you to bless a word to you that nobody else got.
0: God says you are so special. I am the Messiah. She was shocked. She was shocked. She felt it. She felt something. The late Mother Josephine Anderson, say, in the inside, bubbling on the outside. She felt something. She was so moved that she dropped her water pot. That thing she came to the well looking for, she didn't need anymore. I don't need H2O anymore because I've got some living water. And the Bible says she ran into the city and she said to everybody in verse 29, come see a man who told me everything that I've ever did. Could he be the Messiah? And look at the next verse, verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see Jesus let me read that again so the people came to see Jesus not because John preached the sermon the people came to see Jesus not because Peter
1: uh, perfected some gift but the people came to see Jesus because a woman with a testimony ran back and told them let me tell you what I've experienced I met a man who is the real deal. Is there anybody know that God can use anybody?
0: This footnote to the late Dr. William Larkin of CIU. God bless your divine soul. He said to me, Deacon Thompson, and to the class, it's no accident. Sure, you remember him. That this woman became the first New Testament female evangelist. Now, Mary Magdalene later, but an evangelist is one who carries the good news. She went and told everybody about Jesus and let me leave with these verses go with me to verse 39 to verse 42 the new living translation on the board I want you to see what God can do God can take somebody that you don't think too highly of and with just one conversation God can change their life and they can share the good news of the gospel and impact the kingdom forever verse 39 many Samaritans from the village believe in Jesus. Look at this. Come on church. Catch somebody by their hand and say because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did. They didn't believe in Jesus because Peter was a great preacher. They believe in Jesus because this woman went back. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, in the village where the Samaritans were. And look at this. And he stayed two days. Jesus stayed to a place where all the other folk would never go. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because of what we have heard him say ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Somebody shout changed. One conversation change her life forever. If you want to impact the kingdom, you can't do it hobnobbing with folk who don't want to touch folk that need to be touched. I've got a message for every expert and every study of human behavior who thinks that folk have given up on the Lord. The devil is a liar. There are a whole lot of folk like this who needs to be changed. Stand to your feet wherever you are. Do me a favor. Before we come to this altar, catch someone by the hand and say a conversation with a stranger. Now here's your assignment. God told me to do this this Sunday. I felt like preaching and running all around this pulpit. But God told me to hold off. Here is your assignment this week. Before next Sunday, everyone in here find someone that you can tell of the goodness of Jesus no argument no debate if they want the conversation to get deep and theological you walk away you tell them you're not here to impress them somebody you know that you sense that there needs to be a change in their life Somebody you can tell, look what the Lord has done for me. Anybody know he'll change you? Jermaine <laughs> Hawkins writes these words as I invite you to leave your seat and come to the altar. A change, a change has come over me. I must confess that I have been where she was. He changed my life, and now I'm free. (laughs) He washed away all my sins, and he made me whole. He washed me white as snow. Song say, he changed my life complete. And now I sit, sit at his feet to do what must be done. I work and work until he comes. Somebody lift those hands all over this place and help me declare a wonderful, come on, put it in the atmosphere, a wonderful change has come over, has come over me. Come on, wherever you are, maybe you're interceding on behalf of somebody else who could not be here today. God can do it right now. God can do it. Come on, come on. Ooh.
2: A change,
0: Sing Janelle, sing
2: Ooh. A chain. This is sacred. Ooh.
0: Lord, I thank you. That's right. Come on. Somebody else. If you're in the balcony, we'll wait on you to come down. Come on. Now. And now. That's right. Look at those that are coming. You've got to be willing to make a step.
2: He washed away.
0: Change me, Lord. You've been looking for the right thing in the wrong places. Ooh, hey, come on! Me, oh, All the worshippers just wave those hands. Come on! Eh. Yes, he will
2: my life complete. He'll
0: change you. Yes, he will.
2: And now and I sit
0: at sing, to do Yeah, what must be done. What and, must be done. Anybody know? I'll, I'll work and
1: work until he comes.
0: quiet.
1: Has come over. Anyone that know that God has changed hey. you, come on and wash them with us. Or he
0: find Jesus Jesus went to her village and he met her at the precise time that he knew that she would be there by herself all kind of issues all kind of horrible experiences with men but she never met the right man He was about to give her something that she didn't need any of those five previous husbands or the live-in boyfriend because she was about to quench her thirst with something that would satisfy her forever. Ooh, uh, change. Somebody say change. Close those eyes. God told me to do this. We did it at 8 and it was so powerful. Somebody in here today listen and you want God to change you. This is not play church. This is not judgmental church. This is not a judgmental message. You judge yourself. But here's the challenge. If you know you aren't not only what you should be but you're not even what you desire you would be Ooh, this is your opportunity right now Ooh, he's about to change come on quiet yeah. change that's why we need to do this right everybody close your eyes listen I'm going down at this altar God told me to do this somebody's life is going to be transformed God's going to take your hurt and pain allow you to help somebody else many in the village were introduced to Jesus because this hurt abused woman had a conversation if you're here this morning and after this altar and and you want God to transform your hurt allow it to minister to others I want you to just meet me right here after we pray we want to touch and agree that God's going to do something If you need something in your life another man, another woman another job Another friend, another fraternity, sorority, another community, another church, we'll never solve. See, here's the problem. (laughs) When the problem is in you, it doesn't matter where you go. Problem will follow you. You've got to deal with you right now. Somebody's got to deal with them right now. Amen. Close those eyes. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. It is already done. This hurt woman became an instrument of evangelism. Ooh, maybe Dr. William Larkin was right. Maybe she did become the first female New Testament evangelist because she went into a village and said, Come see a man who changed my life. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Somebody in this worship center, somebody listening by way of radio, somebody viewing by way of internet, change them right now. They don't care what others think. This is about your relationship with them. And we declare and decree, it is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, thank God for the change. Come on, somebody, come stand with me right now. If you're here t- today, come. You, you you want God to to make that change in your life? Come stand. Stand at this altar right now.
1: Okay? Anybody else? Come on, stand. Thank you, baby. Thank you. What is are coming? Look at God. Look at. You. To my chain, to my chain. Come on. God's gonna take your hurt and use it to bless somebody else. God's gonna use it to bless somebody else. God's and gonna use it Come say, wherever you are. Step, said step. Come stand. Thank you, young man, coming on it. Look at God. Come on, somebody. Look at God. Somebody else. God's calling you right now. Thank you. Look at God. Come on, everybody. Clap those hands. I'm so glad.
2: Come on. Thank you thank you one thank you
1: Man. Young, young man. Look at me. Somebody is being changed right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. others are coming. Bring your family. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Somebody help us praise Him. Change. Just wave your hands this way, right here. Thank you. Thank you. Others are coming right now. I'm so glad. I don't do what I used to do. Thank God,
2: I'm not where I used to be. I'm so
0: glad. God told me to say this. We're about to go. Help me turn to somebody. Says, "Not what you used to be It's what you're going to be." And God see a pearl hidden behind your hurt. Okay. Anybody know that God's got a pearl that's hidden behind your hurt right now? Anyone
1: else? This is a day of transformation. Come on, somebody else. You can walk down those aisles right now. Yeah your hand as we take these in the back. Come on, help us celebrate what's God's doing.
0: Look at this. This brother brought his whole family. Say, we are coming to join the church today. Give our life to the Lord. See, somebody ought to send a message to the state newspaper, take
1: this, send a message to the world, take this, look what God is doing, look what God is doing, anyone else in here, clap those
0: hands if you will as we walk down the hill. A praise a wonderful change